welcome back again. It's episode three of season two. Now, I want to remind everybody again, it's hard for me to remember to do this because this is not the way that I like to, to do things in general, but it's so important. I just have to remind everybody, like and subscribe, tap the bell notification, and share this episode with your friend. It really is the only way that that I know to that really works. And that's why when you watch videos on YouTube and different things, they're always doing that. And I'm like, I hate promoting myself, but it's it it's important. So I'm I'm asking you again, and I'm gonna try to remember to do this as often as I can to just ask you. And so thank you in advance for doing that. But share this with your friends. Share it. You know, you can you when you're listening in a podcast um, app like Spotify, you can just hit share and then you can share it directly by text message to your friends, or you can share it to your social media. All those things really help get the word out and get, um, this stuff in front of more people. And that's the goal is to be able to touch more people's lives. Well, and today we're going to talk about having your mind stayed on the Lord and how God has provided the wisdom to a healthy thought life. Mental health is important, and it is talked about all around us. There are so many different ideas um, and voices that want us to listen and be conformed to their way of thinking. But God has promised to keep us in perfect peace. So stick around as we explore this a little bit today. But we will be the ones to see it through, and everything lost will be renewed. Long ago in the garden it was to be, now a dream fulfilled in you and me. So it's all around us. We've heard all the phrases like, I need me time. I'm taking a mental health day, etc. There's so many slogans out there. I've seen ads. I've seen commercials on TV. But also I see it in my friends um, and social media. I see different people talking about things. And usually it's in the context of struggles. It's, it's um, that work is kind of overwhelming. And, and the truth is there's lots of days that are very stressful and lots of things that we have to do that are very difficult. And it's not wrong to want to have our thought life cleared to, to de-stress. Stress is not healthy for us. And I don't like to just think about all of the, the ways that different things can harm us. Um, that's that, I think that's kind of the message that I really want to get across today is the idea that in order to be healthy, we have to take the time and alter our life in a way that almost ends up becoming selfish. Well, not almost. It often does become so selfish. I, when I've seen people talking about it and, and the way that they, they phrase it, it's all about, I have the right to do this and nobody can get in my way. And it comes across that way again and again. And I know that some people are just trying to express the need for um, taking the time to clear our minds and do something that is encouraging, do something that is um, freeing like hiking or something like that. I love to do those things. I'm not against recreation. I'm not against those things, but I do believe that there's a mentality that has crept into Christianity and it's selfish and that's not going to yield the true results that God wants, uh, you know, in our life that he's not, it's not going to yield the true peace of mind. It's not going to ultimately open us up to receive the wisdom of God, the, the empowerment of God to overcome, to actually uh, succeed in the things that we're facing. You know, I don't want to just recover from stress. You know, 
<laughs> I don't want to just find ways to manage the things I face throughout my life. You know, that's that kind of is the way we deal with things so many times is we're like hit in the face with something. And then all of a sudden we realize that, that we need something else we didn't have. So instead of, of restructuring the way that we build our life, oftentimes we just simply supplement it with something new. We supplement it with, with an idea that maybe we read in, in an article, maybe we heard on a podcast, maybe it was something that we actually went and got counsel with and we got advice. And so we're trying to put it into, into our life. Like I know that a lot of parents will, will make deliberate times to get away from the stress and the, the, just the overall hustle and bustle of life to, you know, kind of focus on themselves. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing, isn't it? To focus on your marriage, focus on, on the love of your life, to, to show them affection instead of just always the responsibility, especially if you have young kids in the picture that can be overwhelming for, for both sides. If somebody is working outside of the home, like the father comes home and he's worn out physically, but then has to take on the next few hours of really taking care of a little kid that maybe in some ways he feels inadequate and doesn't actually know how to do it. And so he's learning and, and doing that. And it, it's, it's, it doesn't give him the time to unwind and relax. And then, but also from a mother's standpoint, she's there 24 seven, every single day dealing with this. So children, especially young children can be a big part of that, but also jobs. When you're, when you have to work, you may be in an environment where there's a demand that you have to really focus, that you have to give your, your thought life and your effort every day to do this job. And it might be hard or, or even school could be that way where you're, you're the deadlines to get your projects in, to get your, your assignment done is overwhelming you. And you, you are just not, you're not able to really recuperate when, you know, when you leave that, when you finish that, you should be, ah, you should be. I completed that. And then you're able to then transfer your mind onto something else and then enjoy life. Well, when we're overcome by that, when we're uh, the different things that we're facing of stress in that regard are more than what we can handle. Oftentimes we don't get that, that trans transition away from the responsibilities into something that will give us much more, uh, excitement, refreshment, um, but just satisfaction in life, because in reality, we don't do the stressful things that because that's what's fun to us. That's what we like. We're doing that because it is a necessity. Sometimes, sometimes it's not a necessity. Other times it's, it's a tragedy, you know, that we're facing in life. Sometimes it's a hard sh hardship that we're facing and it's not a necessity, but it is at this point, something we have to go through and we, and, and we're having to face this. So I'm not trying to make light of any of this when I say this, but I don't want to just recover from those stresses. I don't want to just find ways to cope because that's what we're doing. We're, we're coping. Coping is, is, I don't believe that it will ever yield health. Now, often, sometimes that's all we can do because we haven't built the framework in our life, but that's what God wants us to do. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit here as going to the scriptures of what the Bible says we're supposed to do. You know, I don't want to just manage those things. I don't want to just simply react to the situation. 
Yes, I'm going to react and yes, I'm going to manage and yes, I'm going to recover uh, the best I can. But I believe that God has given us a better way. I want to thrive. I want to be in full bloom against all odds. And I believe that that is the life that God has called believers to. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen this over and over again. The capacity of what the Holy Spirit does in, in God's people. We don't have to be torn down with the things that we face. Often we are. And so he gives room for healing and all those things are in the proper time and proper place. But I know that God has a, a deeper and more full work than just us reacting to the difficulties or the attacks. Maybe it's spiritual attacks. God doesn't want us to, to just be taken by, you know, by a storm of all these different things. I, I, I've actually, God put that on my heart recently about spiritual attacks very specifically that every single time Satan attacks us, he leaves himself vulnerable. He's vulnerable, but we're usually you know, the fury of, of what's happening, the, the, the darts that he's throwing at us are hitting us and we're just trying to get our shield up and, and just protect ourselves. But in reality, he's made himself vulnerable. So the people who are victorious in Christ, the people who, who are overcomers, who have placed their life in the hands of God and they are completely sustained by him, they are able to go on the offense against those things. And so I've talked about that in regards to spiritual warfare, and I, I know that it's it's a principle that we've not thought about much, but it is it's so powerful because when you do that, you find yourself living in freedom without Satan attacking you in a lot of different areas. Because when he knows that he's coming against a strong believer, someone who is mature and has their their life hidden in Christ, they he doesn't, he doesn't have the ability to attack. He only can attack weakness. He can only attack areas that are open and not covered. And so when we're, the more fully we trust in God, the more fully we, we find ourselves in him and, and our life hidden in him, instead of doing things our own way, we find that we are strong. We are capable to with capable of withstanding and not just withstanding, we do damage. And that's why, you know, when, when Jesus said that the, um, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. You know, I've always looked at that. And, and many times you hear that talked about as if it's defensive, but it's not. It's offensive. The gates of hell don't go anywhere. They don't come against us. The gates of hell will not prevail, meaning we are, have the ability to attack and destroy and set the bonded, the, those who are in slavery to sin, to, to the evil and the darkness of this world. They are able to be delivered because we aren't weak. And so in this sense of thriving, I, that's what I want. I don't want to just be reacting to Satan and we're just trying to recover from stress. So we're talking about health, mental health as, as opposed to, to the spiritual health and other things. They're all tied together. We know that um, ultimately in our life. We're, we're many different things, but we're all um, bound together. And they one, one aspect of our life will definitely impact the other. So emotional health is going to impact our spiritual health, but vice versa too. If our spiritual health is, is growing strong, then our mental health can become stronger. I'll get into some of that a little bit more as, as it pertains to the things of God um, on the mental health side. I do, though. I, I believe that God intends us to be fully functional and completely whole in every situation that life in this world can throw at us. And just, just, just think about that for a second. Does God intend for us to get hit with things and then be broken? 
and then then be healed. God says that he will he will tear us down because he wants to rebuild us in in a more fully functional way. But I don't believe, and I know this to be true. We 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 so easily take on lies and I don't want any of those lies in me to that accept failure that accept that I'm going to fail and I want I want to truly I want to thrive I want to be fully functional and completely whole these situations that that life throws throws at us that that we have to face God didn't intend for us to be constantly broken down by them he has given us the ability to withstand it to be more than a conqueror in all these things, in every area of our life. I know this is, is true, but a lot of times we forget. And so that's what is on my heart with this, um, just wanting to share some of that to encourage you that there is more, there is better. And so how do we get there? How do we, how do we go there? Well, you know, thriving in life instead of failure, instead of failing is a blessing from God. That's not, there's no other way to truly do that. Otherwise we're all, you know, and that's what the mental health stuff that I'm, that we hear and we read about primarily focuses on. It's about recovery. It's about re fixing what's been damaged, what's been broken and finding a way to heal. And some of it's good. Some of it is just completely wrong and selfish, but some of it is helpful. And so we sift through that and I don't have, I don't have a problem with that. I actually do the same thing. I, I want to find ways to to recover when I, what I have lost, but it is a blessing. This is a blessing that God wants his people to have. And so people who aren't in the, under the wing of the protection of God, they don't have access to this, but we do as believers. And, um, so the blessing is if we follow in his path, the Bible teaches us how to take care of our mental health, um, in many different ways, we must maintain it with God's wisdom. You know, not the wisdom of man, not the psychology out there, not all the different things out there that, that derive from selfishness or derive from, from even wicked and ungodly um, men and women that are out there with, with truly demonic intentions. Um, it's, it's absolutely present in, in the psychological world, teaching us all different things that, that don't really they never will yield the truth that they, they might get you seemingly on a better, in a better place or a better path. And we, you know, we see this in, in shoot, man, in the, the culture, it's, it's every day. I can't get away from it, but just our children, the young, the young people growing up are constantly being told by, you know, that it's not only is, is it okay, but it's, they're cooler. They're, they're more acceptable. They're, they're able to be more of who they're supposed to be. If they will believe the lies that the way God created them, that their body and their, their physical, um, appearance, and biology that, that God gave them is not enough. It's not right. And they're, they're told to take chemicals and, and change their bodies, um, or just simply live a life that, that is not representative of who they are. And so homosexuality, transgender, all the different things out there that instead of getting answers that actually will, will yield, they, they get things that that are coming from a worldview that is ultimately derived from Satan. And that worldview is, is not intended to help. 
We're told that it's going to help. We're told that it gives us, um, you know, to the suicide rate. We're trying to to reduce their their attacks, uh, you know, on themselves and, and and harming themselves. So we give them something that will give them a temporary relief from that. And that temporary relief a lot of times just yields, turns into bigger struggles and, and more problems because it comes from the father of lies. It comes from Satan. It comes from the, the, the notion that he put at, puts out into the world to try to convince people and turn people aside from the way that what God gives us. He wants to kill us. I say this all the time. Satan doesn't want us to succeed um, and succeed without Jesus. That's not what he wants us to do. He actually wants us to die. He hates us. He doesn't. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't have our best motives, uh, our best um, thoughts. You know, the, the intentions that he has for us are, are not for for us to be in a better place. He actually just wants to destroy us. He wants to to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job. That's what he does. And but he wants to disguise it. He wants to disguise it. So these ideas that are out there are really the way that that are subtle. They're the, uh, searching for words here. They're subtly, they will move us away a lot of times because he wants to disguise it, but it comes from that. And you can see it ultimately in the way that people respond, the way that, that life takes place, even on the level of not the extremes, not the, the things that I just mentioned about the gender fluidity and the gender um, crisis that people have it going on on so many different levels. And I say kids, it's not just kids. I'm hearing about adults. I'm hearing about, about people in their twenties and their thirties, even, even doing this and making these choices, those types of things. And I don't want to get hung up on that. That's not really what the point of this, but that it definitely ties in because that is mental health. That all goes totally with, and it's coming from a spiritual assault, a spiritual attack, but the lies are subtly thrown in there in our culture. And the only way is to be truly conformed to God's ways. When our minds are conformed to the world, we will be broken every single time. Every time there's not, there's not a moment, not any one of these things. And so what I was going to, yeah, I just remembered getting back to what I was just saying. I kind of skipped over it. Not just on those extreme levels, but also in our practical things. I, I find that this, that everyday Christian families, good friends of mine, I've watched and 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 observed over the years. Everybody structures their family in in the ways that they they think are right. But if we do things like we make plans, we 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 make decisions about how to discipline our children. We make plans about when we put our children to bed, we um, have all these ideas, the, the, you know, the ideas of children rearing, cha raising children in the admonition of the Lord comes, you know, it's, it's very personal and very, and so it's kind of hard to, I don't want to step on toes and I'm not trying to be offensive, but many of the things that we are believing that we are putting in place are not of God. Many of the things over and over again, these things are being done. They're being, um, the way that we order our life are harmful. And I don't want to say that I've got it all figured out. I don't think that I have every aspect of it figured out, but I do know that I've been able to observe and I've sought God for wisdom. And I know that, that we don't fix it by just doing more of the same or 
supplementing it with something else. God wants our life. Raising children should not beat you up. Going to work shouldn't beat you up. Um, you should not be beat down in your daily life. God wants us to be much stronger, much more complete, and much more whole than that. That's that's the message that I that I feel in my spirit is that when we fail, when we're dealing with these things and and constantly having to recover from them, God is wanting wanting us to gain the vision that there's that there's more to it than just simply supplementing it, just simply reacting, just responding and getting healed. He's saying there's a better way. And there is a better way. You can order your life. You can you can structure your family in a way that is pleasing to God, that gives you the empowerment, gives you the strength, and gives your children the ability to thrive and gives your, you the chance to function. And I've said this over and over again, and, and I don't mean this to be insulting, like I said, because I know I've heard other people talking about how, how it is difficult. And so I know that it doesn't have to be. God has made so many different things that when I, when I have structured it in his way, man, all of a sudden, it becomes easy. I mean, I know you, you hear, and it's kind of funny sometimes because we're all, we talk about it from a kind of a lighthearted standpoint, but even just getting up and getting out the door to go to church is a big deal because of all the chaos of trying, of trying to get kids ready and things like that. Again, that doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to be hard. If it is hard, that's okay. We can deal with that. We can overcome that. But God's saying, hey, figure out a better way. Just think about that for a minute. Just just put that in the back of your mind. Like I said, that's not the main point of what I'm talking about, but put that in the back of your mind. When things are difficult, everyday things, average things, when they become difficult, are we able to accomplish much in our life? No, we're not. We are stuck dealing with that over and over and over again. And that's what Satan wants, you know, as a, as a first tier attack against us, just to have us spinning our wheels and never overcoming, never getting anywhere. And so if we're overwhelmed by our daily life, by our job, by the things that we have to do on a regular basis, if we're overwhelmed, God wants to teach us. And I'm not going to go into all the details of, of structuring your family life or, or your personal life in that regard. But I do want you to think about that. Go to the, the Lord. Ask him. His spirit will speak to you. He will teach you. He will allow you to put your life in order. And that's very, very important. God gives us the best way to grow. The best way to grow and remain healthy. Stay in this place. The, God, the place that God gives us, if we stay in, that, in those places, then we thrive. And if we leave it, we leave it at our own peril. And that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're trying to accommodate on some levels when we're just simply you know, putting a Band-Aid on the, on the cut. Um, we're just simply responding you know, we, we, to stress. Stress from job or, or from our job or school or whatever it is, it doesn't have to harm us. If, if our mind is really in its proper place, then the stress, we, our body's able to release it because our mind goes immediately back to a place of health. You know, when we, when we have to deal with, with, with coworkers or different people that are, that are obstacles, you know, in, in our life or just the way that they're treating us, they're, they're adversarial, the different things like that, that our minds as Christians should be able to immediately go right back to the things of God 
and walk in those things. Now, I'm not saying that I do this successfully all the time. I'm not trying to brag or say anything, but this is the vision that God gave me. And I have succeeded in this. And that's one of the reasons why I want to talk about it, because I want to succeed more. I want to grow in this and I want to encourage people in this that many times I have hit encounter situations and I failed miserably. And I just, and I realized that it took me, you know, a week or a month to kind of get myself completely back after doing that. Sometimes it's just a day, so, but I don't want any of that because I know that it's possible because there's many times when I've encountered similar situations or even worse. And the grace of God, the power of God in me was able to just simply deal with it. Now I remember one situation that, you know, I've, I, there's been many times when somebody comes and, and starts yelling at me or shouting at me about something that I'm doing wrong or something they think I'm doing wrong. You know, I get very defensive or I even get very aggressive and, and stand my ground and, and want to shout back. But I remember this one time I pulled into a parking lot and I was, their parking lot was pretty full. And so I was trying to figure out where to park. And so I kind of pulled over down to a corner where I thought I wouldn't be in the way. And as I was getting out, the manager, it was a, it was a small gas station. And the manager comes running over there yelling at me. And at first I didn't I thought he was maybe yelling at somebody else. Cause I didn't know why he would be yelling at me. And he was just, just yelling at me about, you know, we're, we got a lot of stuff going on. Why are you parking right here? That's not even a parking spot. And instead of trying to explain what I'd been thinking and defend myself, I just, I just said, Oh, I'm sorry. And got back in the car and moved it to where he was pointing for me to go where he was pointing to go ultimately wasn't better. He, he, for some reason he was stressed out, but somebody else saw what was happening and they came out, they came over to me and says, man, that was kind of uncalled for, wasn't it? And I, and I just remember the grace of God being so, you know, overwhelming in that sense. I wasn't, it didn't, it didn't knock me off at all. And I just, I just said, well, you know, everybody goes through different things. I don't know what he's, he's going through in life. And what I find again and again with these types of situations is there's a second level too. But the first level was I didn't get upset. I didn't get bothered by it. It didn't stress me out, even though it could have, I could have gotten frustrated because it ended up taking me a lot longer because somebody ended up parking behind me and I had to wait on them. And, and so I'm out working. This was, I was, this was window washing job. I, I got done with the job and I had to wait and find the person who had parked behind me. And it, it just added to my day. It could have stressed me out, but it didn't that day. And here's the second level thing that happened is that guy apparently was stressed out. I ended up developing a relationship, a working relationship with him anyway. And he then ended up telling his mom about how um, good a job that I do and recommended that I, and so I went over and did work for his mom. So I got additional work. Whereas had I lashed out, had I not been able to deal with the stress of that, I would have likely not had that expansion to my business. I wouldn't have been able to accomplish all that. So that's, that's how these second level things happen. That's just a business re relationship. I never, it never went beyond that. I didn't really get, get, end up getting to know the person, but I've seen that over and over again. So that's a blessing from God. Whereas if I'm just recovering, if I'm just simply having to find me time to get away from the stress of things and recuperate, I'm not able to thrive in that situation. I was able to thrive. I know the grace of God wants to do this. This is what he's after. So we leave that. <laughs> we leave that place. When we, when we structure our life and do the, make our choices to continue and just react, then we're leaving that plan, that purpose of God. So I'm crying out and I'm, I'm pleading with God to have that vision, to have the more perspective. So here we go to the scriptures. This is what the, what the word of God says. 
And so the power of God is is unleashed into our lives by the truth. Isaiah 26, 2 through 4 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. <laughs> that We've all heard this quoted many different times, but honestly, when I hear people talking about de-stressing and me time and, and dealing with things mental and ha trying to recover and grow and have a, a sustainable men mental, healthy, mentally healthy life. I don't know if I said that right. That may or may not be right. Who cares? So, but they hardly ever quote this scripture because he says he will keep him in perfect peace. He will keep you in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. Okay, so what does it mean to have your mind stayed on God? For years, I contemplated different things, and even today, I was I was uh, I was reading through that, and I was I was like, okay, what does it really mean? And it's 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 not a thing of of well, I'm just going to have to be thinking about Jesus. I'm going to think about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the middle of all these situations, and that's what's going to give me the ability to have perfect peace. Well. <laughs> Obviously, when our mind is on Jesus in the truest sense, that it, that does help. That absolutely does. But you have to use your mind for many different things. And you have to concentrate on many different things and make decisions about anything that's happening to you and choices. And so your mind is not able to just think of the most pleasant things. You have to deal with the difficult things as well. So when you look into that word, though, um, the word for stayed um, is the Strong's word, 4464, psalmic. And um, the word psalmic means, it doesn't mean what you would expect it to mean. It doesn't mean that you're just controlling your thoughts, which that's another scripture. God, God does want us to take every thought captive and make it subject to God's authority. And so we don't let things just run around in our minds. That's true. That's a very powerful thing. But this this word is not talking about that. It means to lean on, to be supported by, supported by, braced or upheld. That's what Psalmic means. And so when it says it's translated stayed on, it means to be solid, to be resting actually is another definition of it. To be just at, at peace, it, I mean, is, is where he went with that, be kept in perfect peace, his mind is stayed on the earth, stayed on the Lord, but the stayed part even embodies peace or at rest because your, your stability is found in what? As you go in, it says, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. So that word trust is the Strong's word 982. Batach, I believe is how you say that. And it literally just means trust. But trust is in the Hebrew concept has a little bit more than what we think of on an English level. Trust means to throw yourself down upon God. To, the, uh, you know, to throw yourself down on is in the context of like being in debt to someone. You owe them money and you can't pay it back and you go back and you just fall down and you say, I'm at your mercy, man. I can't do anything about this. I don't know what to do. Um, and you know, we just trust that 
they are going to be a good person and deal with us in the right way that allows us to find some way to make restitution or maybe just forgiveness. But that's what this trust is embodying. It means that you have thrown yourself down depending on his kindness and his mercy and his ability because he's he is capable of doing this. He's capable of, of keeping us in perfect peace. So those two words, to, to trust and to um, be stayed on, they have a, a lot more body there, more meat to chew on. So I'll say that again. To, salmak means to lean on or be supported by, braced or upheld, to be at rest on something. Trust means to throw yourself down depending on his kindness, mercy, and ability to help you in the situation. So that to, that's what keeps us in perfect peace, is having that trust. So another verse that comes to my mind whenever I'm thinking about this is Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So again, this is not a verse that is talked about all the time in, in the conversation of mental health. But it really, uh, you know, it definitely ties in. And sometimes it's brought in just to talk about because the be conformed, um, have your mind renewed. And so we talk about that in that context. But as, I'm, as I was reading through this and thinking on mental health, how God wants us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Again, our bodies, meaning the way we live, the, the choices we make, the, the time that we spend, um, all of this ties into, he says, which is your reasonable service. And I, I looked up into reasonable service and I, and I, sometimes it, you know, it, it does embody just being like, you know, this is the simple, this is the first step, the basic, um, it's just, you know, the reasonable service, but what it really embodies is, is a deeper concept of that. This makes sense. This makes sense to do. Because if you think about it, if you think it through, presenting yourself, presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, is your reasonable service. Meaning it makes sense if you actually think about it, because this is the way, this is the truth, this is the life that God has for us. It's only available if we actually make ourselves available by presenting ourselves as holy that means set apart. That means not doing things the same way as everybody else, being living differently, structuring our life. I just talked about family structure and all those different things that are so important to God. That's what it means. And so he says, and do not be conformed to this world. To me, the presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, it makes sense to do this and that's the same thing as not being conformed to this world because those are the things that are conforming us. When we choose to live the way that everybody else does, the way that, that the world wants us to do it, the way that makes sense from a worldly standpoint because it's ultimately selfish, it's not 
the reasonable way to do it, though, when you actually consider the things of God. So he says, how do you understand that? How do you know that? I know that because my mind has been renewed. My mind has been renewed at the, in this. He says, so be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that having our minds changed, having our minds refreshed by the word of God, the truth of God, the reality that these things work, see it. He doesn't, he's not, God's not afraid. We, we don't have to just try it blindly. We can look at other people's lives. We can look at people who are successful. Actually, we're supposed to. But godly people who are living their life and they're functional, they're, they show up at, at the events in life, the things that they're supposed to do. They get to their kids to school on time or they get to work on time. They get to church on time. Their family arrives. That, that's just one example, being on time. And it's not the end all be all, but it's, it definitely shows that a family is uh, structured in a way that fun is functional. And so when you see families doing that, take the time to figure out why. Even ask them, but it's not even necessarily asking. So a lot of times it's just clear. You look, they're doing something different for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray about that. I'm gonna have my eyes open to see that that way might truly free me up. That might give me the ability to function more fully in this situation. And so have our have our minds renewed, that you may prove what is good, what is <laughs> what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so that goes back to what I was talking about, how the, the will of God for us is not that we're just recovering, that we're not just accommodating or coping with the problems that we're facing. We're actually fully functional. We're actually able to, to be above them rather than dragged down by them. That's what I see in these scriptures. And that's, that's the message that God keeps putting on my heart again and again. And so I know it's available. I want more of it. I want to grow in this and but I have, I've seen the benefit in my own life and I've been able to function in situations that were just seemed like there's no way to function, um, hardships in, in, in family, you know, like, you know, I don't like to just harp on these things all, all the time, but it's a, it was a big deal in my life and, you know, losing my wife, I had three young children being able to function in that situation was important. It was important for me. It was important for the, to meet the needs of my children. It was important on many different levels. But that came by being stayed on God. By having my life built at rest. And so I, because I trusted him by, by putting my life in his hands long before that. And that's just one area. But, and I'm not saying that I didn't have to learn in that situation. But, the, but a lot of it I didn't. A lot of it, God had already prepared and, and the structure was there for me to be able to handle that because my mind was stayed on him. My, I was kept in perfect peace in so many different situations throughout all of that. And still to this day. So that becomes something that I, allowed me, freed me instead of just being in a desperate um, fight, just to hold on, just to hang on for dear life. It'll, it freed me up in the middle of, of one of life's most difficult and most painful and um, just you don't plan for those types of things. But God does. God gives us what we need in all those situations. It's key in this process many times that we're asking for peace. But, or, you know, we're asking God to, to give us peace. 
but we're not even following those basic instructions. You know, it's it's really, it's ludicrous. Like I said, you know, this is our reasonable service. This is what makes sense. But oftentimes we're not doing that. We're not really structuring our lives. And so finding that key, I think, is so important just to, to have successful lives, just in general, whether you're really facing a lot of different stresses or, or struggles for your mental health right at this moment. It's so important to do that because when you do face those things, and they're inevitable, you're going to face different struggles and different hardships. Um, it's, it's no wonder that when we're not doing that, that we find ourselves broken down, that we find ourselves struggling and where we're having to find, I've got to have personal time just to get, get my life, just to get my mind clear. I just, I, I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I've got to leave work early today because my mind, you know, whatever the different situations, I'm not, I'm not trying to mock. I know that there are difficult situations in life. And so I'm not trying to mock anything. I'm just saying that God wants to, to give us this complete sustainability, even in those miserable and difficult situations. And yes, wherever you are, you can begin to put those in place. That's the message that God wants us to, to realize that we can start putting those in place right now, even if we haven't done it for many years and we have other things that are built that aren't really there. He wants to do it there right now. Put that in, into our heart right there, right now. And so that we begin to, at this moment, become more in line with his ways, more in line with the way that he wants us to operate. And that's, like I said, I'm not going into the, into the details of that part of the scriptures. There's many scriptures to deal with that, but because that would take so long and I don't really want to deal with that at this moment. I want us to get the vision, the perspective. And so moving on into second um, Timothy one, six and seven says, remember when I laid my hands on you and you received this gift. So you should stir up the gift of God that is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, again, this verse doesn't necessarily seem so directly related to the the topic that I'm I'm delving into here. But, you know, we do quote it for that because he's given us a sound mind. A sound mind is important the the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind so it definitely ties in with this topic but the thoughts that i had on it is is more about how we must stir up the gift that god has given us what is the gift that god has given us now we can talk about different different ways that different gifts that god has given us but i believe in this situation that what he's saying is that it can lie dormant God has given us a gift of this power of the love of God in our life that we can pour out towards others, but it's shed abroad in our life covers us in so many different ways. And the sound mind, we have to stir this up. It can lie dormant or we can actually stir this up. Remember that the people in our life that God has used to inspire us, to teach us, or just simply the, the encounter with God that drew us we can become completely um, just forgetful of that. And so Paul is reminding Timothy, he said, remember, I laid hands on you. I prayed for you and you received this gift. He was in a stressful situation. Timothy was trying to figure out how to, how to um, be the man that God had called him to be. And Paul was encouraging him here. And he said, because 
God has not given us a spirit of cowardice or fear that would rule us. And so that's the context of what I'm, I'm saying a lot of this time is we react to things because we fear them. They are bigger than us. They are stronger than us. And, and God is saying, no, they're not. I want you to step back. Remember what I've done in you. I've given you this power. It is stronger than the world. It's stronger than the things around you. And use it. Use the spirit of God in your life because that's what he wants. He wants to get, he wants to impart wisdom and discernment to structure our life, to, to make wise decisions, but not becoming selfish. And so I'll get back to that. The selfishness of this generation, of my generation, I'm not trying to put other people down. It's our life that is around us. We see it. We're infected by it. Oftentimes we have to become completely inoculated by the power of God to not be um, infected by it, to not become sick, to not become selfish to the point of what, what do we see left and right. We, we hear tragedy. We hear tragic stories of people not, you know, just abandoning their children, abandon, you know, just divorcing and leaving behind everything that they have um, becoming, well, you know, I've got to be the most authentic me. I want to be uh, this. You know, you're, you're a man who's, who was who married and have children, and then all of a sudden you decide that you are a woman and you just abandon so much of the different things that, that your children are going to need, and you just create a, a chaotic environment. And I know that's an extreme example, but that's what it looks like. That, that is where the destruction always leads. But we a lot of times don't associate that in our own life because we think, oh, I would never go that extreme. But the truth is when we fail, when we, we create an environment that is difficult, a lot of times Christian relationships fail. And the marriages break down because the structure of understanding that this is what God ultimately is desiring didn't happen. And so that's, that's the subject, the idea of having the vision and the purpose that we don't have to be controlled. We don't have to be um, reactionary that God wants us to grow. And so if you have been reacting, begin to put this in place. I know that it's real. I've experienced it in so many different ways um, in my own life. And I want more of it. Like I said, this is me sharing my heart and sharing what God has spoken to me, not in any way to condemn or put somebody down, but just to encourage you that, hey, if life is hard, if the things that you're dealing with are difficult, God will heal you. He will strengthen you. He is, that is that, he's the balm of Gilead, but he is also, he doesn't want it to happen again. He wants you to begin to put things in place. And if you're not in that place right now, recognize it. Start looking in your life, start examining your life so that, that you'll be ready. If a crisis arises or when problems happen, you will be ready. You'll be prepared and you will thrive. You will be something that God can point to and say, that's my servant. Have you can, he can even talk to Satan about us like he did Job. Have you considered my servant? Now, I'm not saying I want to be like Job and, and have God take everything away. You know, let, let Satan have at, at different things. That's not what I mean at all. That's a, a unique story that God told us in the scriptures. But it is cool that God would say that about his servant. Said, hey, have you considered him? And would we be faithful? Are we faithful? Are we able to overcome so, Lord, I ask that you would use these words, use this, this message that you put on my heart to encourage us, that we would be able to grow, that we would not be 
prideful, that we would not become selfish in all these things, that we would be humble, that we would be teachable and pliable to your hands so that you would be able to mold us and shape our lives into the beautiful work of art that you desire us to be, to be an example and, and a um, success that shines your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys, and I'll be back real soon.